Behold the venom produced by the head of the snake. Gaze upon the fruits of its propagation of the global war machine. Commiserating its empire of destruction and misery as it slithers throughout the globe, bringing megadeth and agony to all. Beware the head of the snake. Stay vigilant, my friends. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for spending your time in the Tiger's Den. We will try not to waste it. It is Wednesday, January 24th, 2024 AD. I am Franco Matei, otherwise known as Angry Tiger. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, the last couple of episodes I have had people on that I disagree with. The reason I have done this is because I wish to understand other people people's point of view. I believe that this is a very important in the search for the truth. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest who is willing to come on and discuss things that we might not see eye to eye on. I ask everyone once again in the chat to have an open mind and be polite to our guest. Tonight's topic will be the Bible and interpretations of the Bible and the scriptures there within. Some people take the Bible on its face for what it says. Every scripture has a lesson for us to learn. Other people like to decode the Bible and find different meanings in different scriptures. Tonight, we will be talking to someone who has intense knowledge of the Bible. I'm pretty sure that we don't see eye to eye on many different subjects when it comes to religion in general, but I'm willing to discuss this topic with him, and I'm very excited to see if we can understand, come to an understanding with each other, or at least gain some perspective from each other. You might be in for a wild ride tonight, ladies and gentlemen. So hold on, because you have the tiger by the tail. With us tonight, ladies and gentlemen, our very special guest. The Lord is his shepherd. The satanic New World Order is in his sights. Freedom is in his heart. Ladies and gentlemen, from Narrow Way, Narrow Gates Ministries, I'm very happy to welcome Levi Matthews to the show. Levi, Brother Levi, what is going on? How are you doing tonight, sir? Good evening, Tiger, and good evening to everybody that's in the uh, in the chat with us and, and is watching. Um, I want to thank you uh, for this opportunity to join you tonight, uh, and I'm looking forward to it and having a great time. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. You are more than welcome, and uh, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, and I want to let everybody know who's watching, I can't for some reason pull up Rumble, so I'm not going to be able to give you shout-outs in the chat or answer your questions if you if you have something you want to say or something that you know a question for levi or myself please go over to youtube and and let me know and uh we will uh we'll address it there i, I really apologize for that i've tried several times to pull it up i know i'm streaming over there live so that's cool but i i just can't i can't get to it for some reason it won't load um with that being said levi why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself before we we launch into this discussion about the bible Okay. Um, my name is uh, Levi Benjamin Matthews. Um, I am 53 years old, and um, I received my salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ back on November 8th of 1998 when I was 28 years old. I was living in uh, Mechanicsville, Virginia at that time. I was working for the railroad for CSX Transportation. Um, my it's kind of funny because uh, the 28 year old age is kind of like the midpoint of my life at this point. I'm like three years, you know, two years and change off of the mid uh, 56, which is the double of 28. 
And I can look back at my life and I can see the first half of my life being one of a child of the devil and doing such great evil things against God. And when I was at the lowest of my lows in my life at age 28, um, I God sent a, a, a special man into my life. He was my union shop steward, Howard Goodlow. And I'll never forget him because I was talking in the car with him and uh, I was telling him how I was feeling and, and that just that Southern drawl, he just turned around and looked at me and said to me, boy, what you need is Jesus. <laughs> and uh, he, he invited me to his church and um, that Sunday, um, I at 1129, uh, I I went up to the altar and I gave my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, when I rose up, I began preaching and I preached for an hour and a half and they couldn't believe the things that, that I had said. And they had wondered, did you ever study the word of God? And I said, no. And they, they were just amazed at the things that they had heard. And it's been a wild ride ever since then. Um, I was born in, in 1970, and I was uh, the result of an adulterous affair. My mom had was very, very. She was a whore. She was a harlot. She was she was very, very uh, loose with herself. And when it was found out that she was pregnant, she uh, hated me while I was in the womb, and they went to have an abortion done again this was before roe v wade was passed and um the doctors got something out of her but it wasn't me and so my uh, i was born and the man who i thought was my dad i had no knowledge of course at the time um for a couple of years i was treated as 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 well as i could remember i mean i do have some imagery back from when i was a child through what god has brought me through but at the age of three um the man who i thought was my dad started to sexually molest me um and that went on for about seven years about three or four times a week um my parents were very mean to me they beat me uh incessantly um i can i can tell you what every pretty much every bar of soap in the 1970s tastes like. Um, and I have the, the scars on my back from when my dad would whip me. He would whip me with his belt. And, and if, if any of you uh, are especially living in the South, the West, no, it's the type, he had the type of buckle that had the metal tongue that stuck out the back that went into the hole. And the buckle would hit me and that tongue would grab my flesh and would tear it. And so, you know, I, I grew up in a household that hated me. They wanted nothing to do with me. Um, I was very, very bitter. I was very angry. I was alone. Um, I got involved with a lot of darkness in my life. I, I never went to, to any type of illicit drugs or drinking, but I got involved. Um, and, and this was because of the history of my family past. I got involved with history and um i learned a lot about 
the American Revolution. I learned a lot about the War of 1812. I learned a lot about the, the American Civil War and the Confederate States of America. Uh, I learned a lot about the uh, Spanish-American War, World War One, and then this is where Satan led the hook in me, and um, he drew me into the National Socialist Movement. And while I was growing up as a young boy, I was a very, very adamant National Socialist. Um, I uh, admired Hitler. I I followed his edicts. I I read his his book. I I was just completely consumed by the National Socialists and the anger and the hatred that I had felt. I was in my youth. I was a very racist person. I I I. It didn't matter if you were Jewish or if you were a person of color or if you were Spanish or whatever. I looked down on you as as if you were nothing. And um, by the time age 17 had come around, um, I was just so out of control in, in my faculties. I, I mean, I was a, a very dizzy young man. Um, I stayed in school, but I had a lot of problems in school. I was suicidal. And at age 17, um, I was kicked out of my house and I've been on my own ever since. I was kicked out with $100 in my pocket and wow. uh, my little 1980 Chevette. And over the next, from that time till I was 28, I dealt with marked periods of homelessness, financial problems, bankruptcies, just all sorts of, all sorts of problems. And I wound up moving down to Virginia to get away from the Northeast and my, my family. And, um, it was there that the Lord grabbed me. And at, from age 28 to now, what God has done is he's kept me in the wilderness uh, of, of, I don't want to say being reclusive, but being alone. And um, he has done great things for me. Uh, when I was six months after I received my salvation, when I was working on the railroad, I was involved in a railroad accident where, um, and this was witnessed by the, the man that God used to lead me to him and another railroader. And between the two of them, they had 80 years of railroad experience between them. They couldn't believe what they had seen, and they testified of this, but um, the, the train was stopped improperly by the engineer with the engine brakes that controls only the brakes on the engines, not the rest of the cars. And the slack ran out on the train. Well, my right arm um, was on the grab iron. My left arm let go, and my right arm swung around 270 degrees, which is impossible. And when the slack ran out, when the slack ran back in, I dropped down. I went underneath the wheels of the train. The train ran me over at the waist. And then I was slammed back up on the side of the car when the slack ran back in. And then when the slack ran back out again, I was ejected off of the car, thrown about 30 feet, and I landed on the adjacent set of rails where the back of my head hit the top of the railroad tie, but my neck bent over the tie backwards, and the steel plate on the end of the tie that prevents splintering went into my neck and shattered my neck in three places. Oh, uh, when they when they got me to the hospital, they didn't tell the doctors what happened, and the doctors moved my head, and they actually cut. It's all documented. They cut the 
blood flow off to my brain for over 15 minutes before one of the nurses realized what had happened. And I'm here, a walking, talking miracle of God. I have my hands. I can move my hands. I, I, I can walk. Um, I Don't ask me how the wheels ran me over and didn't cut me in half. I, I can't explain that. It's a miracle of God. The, the two railroad workers testified that the car rolled over me on the waist. Okay. I had some bruises there, but my skin wasn't punctured. My my bone, my my spinal cord wasn't cut, my spinal cord wasn't crushed, none of the organs were crushed. I can't explain it. It's a miracle of God. That happened six months after I received my salvation. Wow. Since then, since then, God has been working to peel away the layers of the onion that Satan built up in my life for the first 28 years, delivering me. Um, I've had over a hundred demons cast out of me. Uh, and many of them through self-deliverance, through crying out to God for deliverance and healing. And, um, you know, I'm here today because he he visited me um, when I it was, this was in 1999, in August, um, I was at the Fredericksburg Mall. I was going in to pick up a pair of Oakley sunglasses. And... Um, if anybody knows Fredericksburg, Virginia, that mall is located on Route 3 and I-95 on the corner. So you had all the noise from, from I-95. And I all the noise stopped. And I felt something behind me. And I turned around and I looked. And then I looked up. And there in the sky was a swirling vortex. It was like a whirlpool that you would see in the water. But it was in the sky. And you could see the, the 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 vortex twirling around, and from that vortex came out this voice, and it was as silent as a you could hear a pin drop. That's it was like a total vacuum I was in, and I heard the Lord say to me, "Preach my word." And in typical fashion, I I, I just looked at it and I said, "Excuse me," and he, he came back and he said, "Preach." my word. So I looked at it and I pointed to it like this. And I said, you want me to preach your word? And I said, nope. I said, uh-uh. Nope. Uh-uh. Nope. You got the wrong guy. You told him no. Wrong guy. I told, yeah. I said, you got the wrong guy. Uh, -uh. I can't do this. Nope. 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 You got the wrong guy. And I started the backpedal and he kept reverberating out, preach my word. And I was in a total panic. And uh, I raced into the mall, and I sat down, and I tried to convince myself that that didn't happen. And all I heard was like, uh, if you remember the uh, the uh, Clint Eastwood movie where he's that preacher, and the bad guys cried out his name, preacher, and you heard the echo through the mountains. Okay, that's what I heard. Preach. My word, 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 word. And for about two weeks, everywhere I went, it didn't matter if it was the post office, the gas station, the bank, a store, meeting somebody on the street, they would stop me and say, aren't you a preacher? Aren't you supposed to be a preacher? Aren't you supposed to be a preacher? And after that, I, I said, okay, God, you got me. I'll do it. And ever since then, God has been 
basically, like I said, had me in the wilderness of being alone, delivering me, healing me, teaching me his word, letting me make all the mistakes of religions, traditions, and doctrines of men to learn it, clearing that all up, explaining it all, exposing it all, everything else like that, and um, fighting the battles, the spiritual battles that I've had, and working with other people and helping them and what have you. And so um, here I am today, and I've he's called me to deliver end-time warnings to, to people and the things to come. And it hasn't been easy because many people, um, what they don't realize is that they've been lied to about almost everything in life. They've been lied to right down to the day, the week, the month, and the year. And it's... It's hard to tell people. It's hard to share things with people because they, they can't wrap their mind around it. And when they realize that they've been lied to, they can't accept it. They can't handle it. So let me ask you a question. Um, sure. When you talk sure. about you, you, you're, you're meant to give the word, I understand it. And by the way, man, let, just let me say, what an incredible story you have. Um, I'm, I'm glad you're okay. Uh, it is a miracle that you are all right. Um, I believe in miracles. Um, you've been through a lot in your life. I'm very sorry for all the horrible things that happened to you. And, and, you know, um, I can't even say I empathize with a lot of it because I have, I didn't, I, I didn't go through that kind of thing in my childhood. I was extremely lucky that I had, you know, loving parents. Um, but you're here for a reason. I think we're all here for a reason. And I, you know, um, so, let me say, let me ask you this. So when you say you are, you, you need to preach about the end times, how did you come about the information which you're trying to warn us about? Did you, did you come through it? Did God tell you this verbally? Um, or, and when I say verbally, I mean, you said he spoke to you. Um, so that's, you, you know, is he speaking to you and telling you this stuff or are you, are you taking this stuff out of the, the book of revelations or how, how are you coming to the conclusions that you're, you're coming to, to warn us about? Okay. Well, the first thing I want to say is I want, I want to thank you for your um, kind words. Okay. I have come to realize that everything that I have gone through has, has not only been for me, that God to show himself to me and his love and his grace and his mercy, but everything that I have endured, in my life, all the abuse, the physical, the mental, the spiritual, and the sexual abuse that I've been through in my life is for everybody else. There's very little that I cannot help a person with in terms of what they've had to deal with in the, in the abuse. And that's one of the areas that God uses me a lot in is helping people who may be underneath uh, curses, maybe dealing with demons and need deliverance whether it's by an oppression, an outward force, or it's a, a demonic from the inside. Um, he also uses me to help those who have been physically, emotionally, sexually, and spiritually abused. And there's a lot of it. There's a lot of it. I mean, a, there's a, so many people that are hurting, and they need the help. And as the Lord said, the the harvest is white, but the workers are few. And and it's 
it, it, we need each other. There's, I'm not better than any single person. I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve others. I'm here to help others. I'm not here to force myself upon anybody. I'm not here to force, you know, the things I have, okay, um, on anyone. It, it, it's it, we're, we're, we're all here to help, and we all need each other. There's no lone ranger out there, and I want to make that very, very clear. Um, as far as what God has, how God has spoken to me, he has spoken to me through many, many different ways, okay? Uh, one, the main way that God has spoken to me is through the written word. And what he has shown me through the written word, okay, is that the key to unlock the scriptures, the first thing is always invite the Holy Spirit in, okay, when you're going to read the scriptures. He wrote them. He inspired the men that he chose to write the scriptures. God is the authority of his own word, okay? and. The Lord promised us in his word, and I learned this very, very quickly when I was first saved, that he says that I will not leave you comfortless, but I will send another, and he will lead you into all truth, and he will bring to remembrance the things that he that I have spoken to you, and he will show you of things to come. And of course, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. You find that in, in John 16, uh, for, the, the John 14 through 16, which is, a, uh, you can get lost in there for a long time. Um, not lost in a bad way, but there's just so, it's such a rich field to, 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 to understand the Lord and his heart. And that sank down into my spirit, that I could come to God with any question that I have of the word, and he'll answer me and he'll tell me. Why? Because that's his will. It's his will for us to know his word. It's his will for us to study, to show ourselves approved, to rightfully divide the word and be a workman who is not ashamed. And so I would spend time reading in the word. And it wasn't until quite some time after reading the word and, and him bringing me through all the, the uh, religions, the traditions, and the doctrines of men, and the teachings that are given that are 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 in error, in one shape or another. Okay, that he opened up the word to me, and this is the second part. Okay, is through the Hebrew and the Greek. And what people don't understand, because they haven't been taught, they haven't been shown this. Okay, is that. The Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament, was written either in Aramaic or Hebrew. And the New Testament was written in Greek. Greek was the language of the time when the Lord Jesus Christ walked the earth. Yes, they spoke the Aramaic in Israel, which is what the Lord spoke, okay? But the common Israel language, or Jerusalem? It was it Israel well, back then? I thought it was yes, Jerusalem. It, I'm just asking. It, well, no, no, no. It was it it, it 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 was Israel back then. Okay, in by the word of God, by the word of man. Okay, it was the territory that was known as Palestinia. Okay, Palestine, uh, the, or Palestinia, or the idea of Palestine had come up during the Greek occupation of that area. 
uh, and it was a name that was given to it uh, by uh, Antiochus the Fourth of the Epi uh, Epiphanes. Okay, and it was so it was called the ter the territoria of uh, Palestinia. Okay, and the providence of Judea. Okay, which is where Jerusalem was located. And so when the Romans came in and took over the uh, territory from the Grecians, when the Grecian Empire fell at the hands of the Romans and they came in and they took over that territory at the bequest of the Pharisees and the Sadducees because of what Antiochus IV of Epiphanes had done to the temple with the defiling of the pig's blood, defiling it by putting Zeus's uh, a temp, uh, altar on top of the Lord's altar, coating the 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 Word of God, the 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 Torah scripts with pig's blood, and actually banning the the ownership of any type of Torah material. The the Pharisees and the Sadducees they petitioned the Romans to come in to the territory of Judea and kick the the Grecians out, and the Romans eventually gave. Uh, arms to the Jews to start doing it, but then they started bringing in their own soldiers, and that's how Rome started to get control over that territory. So when you speak of Israel, okay, you have to go back to the book of Genesis, and it begins with, with Abraham and the covenant that God made with Abraham, which was both a land covenant and was a descendant covenant. Now, it wasn't called Israel at the time that Abraham received that covenant. It wasn't until Abraham had Isaac, which people pronounce as Isaac, and Jacob, which is Jacob. There's no J in the Hebrew, okay? You'll recall that Jacob had that dream where he had the angel of the Lord come down, and the two of them wrestled, and he won. His The fight against the, the angel wouldn't let him go until he was blessed, and the angel blessed him, but he struck Jacob's heel on a hip to make him lame, and then they, that's when the Lord's angel gave him the name of Israel, one who wrestles with God. That's what Israel means. And um, so all through the Bible from that point, okay, the 12 patriarchs of faith, uh, the 12 sons, and then uh, going forward, all their descendants from there, they're known as Hebrews. Not Israelites, but Hebrews. The term Israelite didn't come about until much, much, much later, and you'll you, and and that Israelite term came about, okay, during the the Roman occupation, okay, because you because you remember that the Lord Jesus Christ said uh, to um, the disciple, no, no, I think it's it was it it was Nathan who said. There's no guile, and an Israelite indeed. And um, so, um, 
that's where the term Israelites started to come in, into play, okay? What we have now today over there in Israel, that is not the Lord's Israel. A lot of people are deceived into thinking that that is the Lord's Israel over there. That Israel that's over there is the 1970 Balfour Declaration that went through the Rothschild family, okay, right. which which was which was a um, the focus of the Rothschild family since the turn of the century, 1800, and uh, their goal that once they wrapped up Europe, they wanted to settle in Jerusalem to bring that land back into the fold of the Jewish people. And what a lot of people don't understand is that the Rothschilds, okay, stem from the Ashkenazi or the Kazarian uh, aspect. Most they of are, our viewers are hip to that because we've been, okay. we've, been yeah. we've been talking about it. Hey, Karen Carpenter has a question here. Is Levi familiar with Colonel Roy Potter and his interpretations of the Bible? Um, she's not uh, con conversant in these matters, but no, Mr. Potter has studied oh. the scriptures in Hebrew extensively. Okay. I, I have heard of the name, okay, but I, I do not know much about him, okay? How I study the scriptures, all right, I use what's known as the King James Version or earlier the Geneva Bible or before that the the uh Whitworth Bible. Okay. So we're talking we're talking 1500s, 1400s in terms of the Bibles that I use. Okay. I use them as a guide. And I have the interlinears, which have the Hebrew and have the Greek. And uh if nobody who is listening has ever heard of one of these, there's what you have called a concordance. And what a concordance is is a very large book. All right. And what it does is it breaks down the Hebrew into their words and they break down the Greek into their words and they give you the definition of those words. I also use an online service called Blue Letter Bible. Some people use eSword and there are others. There are multiple number of tools that you can use. And what this is one of the areas where the Lord has taught me because we went from Aramaic and Hebrew in the Old Testament, Greek in the New Testament, and then the Hebrew and the Aramaic were, were, were interpreted into Greek, and then Greek went into Latin, okay, and, and that was Latin was the language of Rome, and then from Latin, okay, it started to get translated into German and then French, and then that kind of got crushed down a little bit. And then at that point, that's where King James came in, and he created what we all know as the King James Bible Project. Many people during those years, they could speak Latin, but many people were not able to read. And at that time, okay, the Roman Catholic Church, it was unlawful for anyone outside of the clergy to own a Bible, to read a Bible, or even have a Bible group, a prayer group, or anything else like that. Everything had to go through the priest. That's, anything that's outside of the priest was, was considered I have to heresy. Back on that. 
that that's not true. I, I got to push back on that brother Levi, because that's not the case. That's, that is um, a Protestant clarion call. I, I would say um, about that. I, I, I don't know how far back you're going with that assumption. What, what, what years are we talking? We're, we're, we're talking about the, um, the period of about a thousand to about the 1600 period. Okay. Before the King James version, primarily we're focusing in on the 1400s. Uh, this was a, this was a very, very tumultuous time in Europe where people were being murdered wholesale for their faith outside of the Catholic church through the Teutonic Knights, through the Knights Templar, through the sons of Jesus, the Jesuits, through the and Freemasons. Catholics and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm very yeah. well I mean, aware of that. Yes. Mount St. There's, there's a lot of historical references to how, how that all went down. Um, I, I yeah. do have to say that I think depending on where you were in Europe, uh, the severity of how powerful or iron fisted the church was in that particular area kind of i think it was different in different areas because you had different bishops unfortunately in all the studies in all the studies and the information that i've collected from historians and from the from the from the documentation that has survived that era okay um italy was pretty much completely roman uh, catholic church territory most of most of southern france and western france out towards Brittany was also locked in with the with the catholicism it was the area that was in northeastern france the alsace the lorraine area going up towards the area of dunkirk along the coast dealing with uh the belgium area the holland area and the western edges of what is now today known as Germany, the Rhineland, and the Ruhr area up into Denmark. Those were the areas that really pushed back on uh, on, on the uh, Roman Catholicism and were in Protestant or were in paganism of the, the Germanic ruinism, uh, Norwegian ruinism, or the Swedish uh, Norse. Uh, which is part of ruinism. Uh, most of Germany east of the middle of the country into those territories like Bohemia, um, Sudetenland, Berlin, Prussia, all that area there, they were they were locked in by the, the Teutonic Knights and the Knight Templars. Um, the Poles were always a problem to the, the Teutonic Knights they resisted the, the Catholicism for a long period of time until it was reestablished there. It, it's 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 a muddled mess, and it, it's it estimated. Was. It was a big mess. There was a lot going yeah. on in different places, depending on who, what region you were in, and who was who was the bishop of the region. From, that was a, a big part of it. Yeah, from the so, documented. So let me, let, okay, let me ahead. ask you a question. Sure. So. Wait, we got a. I think we have a pretty good comment here. Reasons for so uh, now what says uh, reasons for so many Christian sects and division is from not independent, earnestly seeking God's guidance, along with the desire to study the Bible and reliable study sources. God will direct us. I, I like that. That's now what you, now what you always have something nice, something good to say. 
So, so here's my question. I mean, and this is the whole basis of this episode is I kind of want to ask something. I have a, um, now in my, my opinion, this is just my opinion, even with the old Testament, which I consider the Torah and, and, and the, the only use I really have for the old Testament is to follow the bloodlines from, from David all the way to Joseph and Mary. Okay. Abraham and all that, that proves bloodlines to me. And, and that's, that's very important. Um, but with that being said, with that being said, every even in the in the Old Testament to the New Testament, each scripture, by the time you're done reading it, if you don't look into it, look in between the lines or anything like that, they have a lesson. And I'm not being blasphemous when I, I'm just trying to use words to compare, like not like a fable or a, there's an allegory in each and every single scripture. And it's a lesson that that is moral most of the time or about how to follow God's laws most of the time. Mm -hmm. And when I think, in my opinion now, and I'm not I'm, I'm not debasing you or anybody else who does this kind of thing, I think when you start interpreting the scriptures which were given to the apostles through the Holy Spirit, transcribed, especially with the New Covenant, the New Testament, transcribed by these gentlemen, okay? And then we take it and we turn it on its head a lot. I've got people who are telling me that we come from aliens because the Bible says so. I've got people telling me that there are lizards running around because the Bible says so. I've got people telling me amazing things. Then the Bible doesn't say any of that. Not, not one iota. And when you read it, and I'm not talking about reading it in another language, when you read what people have in front of them nowadays, whether it's the Catholic Bible, that which is still has the original six books, I don't know what that's considered. Um, that has not been changed. The scriptures have not been molested at all by King James or by Martin Luther. Um, but when I when I read the and the and they're very similar. They, they, to fight about which version of the Bible, it to me is ridiculous as Christians. But there's lessons there, and when we turn them on their head, when we start interpreting them to what we think they mean, and not what God and the Holy Spirit had put forth into that individual, and then they scribed it for us, I almost find it blasphemy, blasphemic to do that, because who am I to interpret God's word when there's already a point to each scripture? It's there for you. You know, don't, every single scripture has a different lesson in it. So can, can you help me out with that? Because that's where I have a big Absolutely. problem with all this. That's a great, that's a great question. All right. Let's let's go here. Let's start with this this first thing. Let's define what blasphemy is, okay? And this will help you understand. All right, blasphemy is not just using the name of the Lord your God in vain. It's not just you saying, you know, the the using the the damn word after His or using the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in an explanation in an expletive whether or not you add an adjective or an adverb before it, okay? It's not just that, all right? Blasphemy is also adding to the Word of God. Blasphemy is also taking away from the Word of God. And blasphemy is also somebody going, thus saith the Lord, the Lord says such and 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 such, and the Lord never said it, the Lord never sent them, and what they say does not come to pass. 
And a lot of people, okay, look. So wait a minute. Can I ask you a question uh, real quick sure. there? Because you ahead. brought up another question. So is not what King James did or what Martin Luther did blasphemy then? Because they changed the word of God. They took away from what was in the Bible. There's six books missing out of the King James Bible. And Martin Luther changed more than one scripture, especially in ways that I, I really like. You All you have to do is say you're saved and you believe in Jesus Christ and everything's okay. That's not what that scripture is supposed to say. You're supposed to not only proclaim his name, you're supposed to act as best you can. And I'm, I know I'm dumbing it down. I, you probably can okay, quote no, it perfectly. No, you're fine. No, you're fine. But, but you're supposed to act like Jesus Christ. You can't just say, oh, I molested 50 kids. I killed a bunch of people. I'm on my deathbed. Jesus Christ, I believe in you. I'm not going to hell anymore. That I, I okay. that's that's okay. Let, let's address right that right there. All right. Now, and this brings us to the thief, uh, the two thieves on the cross. Okay. The two thieves on the cross both mocked the Lord Jesus Christ while they were up there on the crosses. But there is a one thief that came to the realization of who the Lord Jesus Christ was. And he changed and he realized, and that's when he said to his fellow thief, we've done wrong and we deserve to be here, but this man is innocent. He hasn't done anything. And that's when he looked over to Christ and said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And the Lord said, you know, you before this day is out, you shall be with me in paradise. But he's now, right next to Jesus Christ, though. That's, right? that's correct. But here's the thing. The man, the thief that he said that to, that he would be in paradise that day, did not know the Lord Jesus Christ until the Father opened up his eyes while up on the cross to see who he was. Because this, if he didn't, the Scripture would be broken. Because the Scriptures say, No one cometh unto the Son, except the Father draws him to the Son, and no one comes to the Father except the Son draw him. Okay? So the Father opened up the eyes of the thief who was on the cross, and that's why he turned around and said, we deserve to be here. This man did nothing, and he turned to Christ and said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Christ said, because he acknowledged Christ in that manner, and Christ knew his heart, he said, that's why he said, before this day is out, you'll be with me in paradise, is because he came to the knowledge of the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ at that very moment. He had no knowledge of who Christ was prior to that. Now, let's go to your situation, okay? There may be people that are out there who never heard of Christ. And they could, they could have had the, the worst life whatsoever. And God could do the same thing that he did to the thief on that person on their deathbed and open their eyes to Christ, and they cry out in forgiveness, and then God takes them, and they're saved. But then there's the flip side. There's the man who's in that same situation that you gave, and he's heard of Jesus Christ. He, he's heard about him. He's called people Bible thumpers. He's turned around and, 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 and he's shunned the word. And God has sent people to him to try to remind him, to draw him. And he refused. Every time he refused, he refused, he refused. And he's lived the life of wickedness, knowing what he was doing was wicked. 
Okay. And then on his deathbed, he decides to say, okay, Lord, forgive me. I'm, I'm, I did all these things. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Here I am. I'm yours. Okay. Well, I'm not the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm not the one who judges, and I'm not going to condemn, but I'm going to tell you, okay, that that man who does that in your scenario with that kind of a situation is in grave danger of hellfire because he knew the truth and he ignored it to his peril, and then he decided to pull it out as a get-out-of-hell free card before he died. That's a judgment from God to deal with, not me. But I will say that that man is in danger of hellfire because you, you, it, it, it was his was his repentance real or it was it a just in case? I don't know that. No one knows that. Only God knows his heart. God's the only one who can judge the heart. Right. I get what you're saying. That, that that's a good explanation. I just I have an issue with with you. Can, I I don't think unless you you. If you're going to be a Christian, you must act like a Christian. You can't just say, I'm a Christian, I'm saved, and I can do whatever I want because I'm saved, and I can ask forgiveness anytime I want because that's Jesus will forgive me no matter what. I That's, that's, the that's false not the way to go. Of once saved, always saved. That's the false doctrine of once saved, always saved. Okay, A person can lose their salvation. It's in the scriptures clear cut in the scriptures there are people okay who are out there who's who have in their heart they've accepted the lord jesus christ they believe on him but the lord has said okay away from me you worker of iniquity i never knew you bind him hand and foot and cast him out into outer darkness with his weeping and gnashing of teeth one part of them has said Okay, have I not prophesied in your name? Have I not raised the dead in your name? Have I not healed the sick? Have I not done great but wondrous works? They knew of him, okay, but they didn't know him. Gotcha. The, the, the second part, okay, is that there are people, okay, who believe that they know the Lord Jesus Christ, and they believe that they're saved. But the truth is that their names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life from the foundation of the world. How do these? How do you know if your name's in the? In, you don't, do you? Well, you go back to Genesis three fifteen and sixteen, and this is after 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 the the Lord, okay, um, is dealing with Eve and Adam, and is dealing with the serpent, okay, and this is where the Lord tells us, okay, that He will put enmity. In the in the heart of her seed, her seed belongs to Eve, and then uh, he he says that um, thy seed, okay, the, the her seed shall crush the head of the serpent, and the seed of the serpent shall bruise. And in the Hebrew, that bruise means to come up and bite, to to to, to nip, bite. Okay, uh, the heel of the seed of the woman. And so right there, you, what you have starting are two parallel lines of seed. Her seed, which takes from Eve to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, the 12 patriarchs of faith, to Judah, which is one of the 12 patriarchs, 
the line through Judah to, to David, from David to the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? And then from Jesus Christ, all those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who are the true descendants of Abraham, the true children of, of, of God, of, of the Jewish people, who in their heart believe that Jesus Christ is the Hamashiach, the, 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 the Messiah, the Savior, okay? And then those adopted sons, which are the Gentiles, you and I, you and I who in our hearts believe that we are the Lord Jesus Christ, and that by our belief and faith that God raised him from the dead, that we are justified and it is credited to us as an act of righteousness. But then you have the other side, which is the thy seed. This is the seed of the serpent, that old dragon, the devil, and Satan. And these two grow up a parallel to one another, and they intertwine with one another, wheat and tares, Okay, they grow up with one another, and the tares are always trying to snuff out the wheat and influence the wheat. And the scriptures actually prove both predestination and free will operating within predestination, that there are those who are predestined to eternal salvation with God, and then there are those who are predestined to judgment, eternal separation. And in between those two measures, a person can go from predestination to be with God to being predestined to be judged. You can also go from predestined to be judged to predestined to salvation. But okay. the lines are pretty much drawn and set. Really? And, so there are people yes. who are born going to hell no matter what is what you're telling me. That's that's according, kind of what yes. That yes, is according wow, to the I, I, got, and, I and, can't believe and, that, and, that, that. That Jesus Christ, well, the Lord of mercy, our Lord, is may is we're actually we're all here for a reason. We believe that mm -hmm. you know the Lord the Lord put give, gives us life, and the Lord is going to give us life and just use some of us predetermined for fodder. For Satan, that's what you're well, telling. Because, me. That's because very hard for me, in my it, understanding, it, to 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 swallow. We cannot. the The gift of God, of salvation, is exactly that. It is a gift. It is a gift that is given to us that we receive by faith. We cannot earn it. There's no works that we can do. There's no way we can earn it with God. It's the free gift. So okay. everyone in China who's a Buddhist is going to hell. Everyone who is who does not know the Lord Jesus Christ and lives for the Lord Jesus Christ in obedience to his word will be is subject to hellfire. Yes. What about because impossible not, ignorance? That no one can claim spiritual ignorance before sure the Sure they can. You could go to a tribe no. down in in Africa where they don't speak no. English. Nobody's no. been there before. It, and they the don't reason, know they don't know Jesus Christ. They don't know the, they don't know the Judeo-Christian faith. Okay. Well, now so what happens when, to them? Those are are those part of the people that are born to go to hell? God reveals himself to everyone in one way shape or form. Now, if there's a baby, okay, and the baby is born and it has not heard the gospel, and the baby dies, I'm not going to sit here and tell you 
that God's going to throw the baby into hell. I'm not going to say that. I won't say that, okay? But what I am saying is that Christ said that this gospel shall be preached throughout the entire world, and the end will not come until that gospel is preached. I don't think that there are many areas left on this planet where the gospel is not heard in one way, shape, form, or another. Are there pockets of small places? Yes. Okay. Um, but, you know, you're, you're asking from, from everything that I have read in the Word of God and from what the Lord has shown me, okay? Here the patience of the saints is. Here are those that keep the commandments of God and the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to obey the Lord's commandments. If you obey me and if you love me and, and you obey my commandments, then you shall be my disciples and then you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you let, free. Let me ask you a question. Okay. So you have a Taoist and that Taoist goes through life. Let's just say, and, and, and I can say this because I, I've studied that religion in depth. That they pretty much follow the same rules that the Ten Commandments put forth. And this Taoist walks through life and lives like a Christian, only he's a Taoist. And then you have a Christian who walks through life living like a heathen, or I don't even want to use that word, sinning, 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 sinning. But okay. he knows the word of God. Who's going to hell? The Taoist right. or the Christian? Both. Potentially both. A Christian, let's take the Christian first, because that's the easiest one to deal with, okay? If a person is a Christian, they have the Word of God in their hands, and they know the Word of God. If they know, okay, that what they're doing is a sin, and they keep doing it, and they're under full knowledge that it's a sin, okay? It's trampling the blood of Jesus Christ under your feet. That's written in the, in the scriptures, okay? I, I can pull it up for you, all right? You can't continually sin and do the same sin over and over and over again, willingly, willingly, okay? And not there comes a point where you've thrown the blood of Jesus Christ under your feet and there's no more forgiveness for that sin god is not at, at honor bound to forgive you for that sin this is how deadly sin is and i'm just as guilty of that because i've struggled with sin, certain sins in my life and i've known that it's sin and god has said to me that he will not give us any sin that's great okay to um, that we cannot find a way to escape it, and yet I have willingly chosen to partake in that sin. I know, okay, that there is no covering for that sin anymore. God is not under any obligation to forgive me for that, because what I have effectively done is chosen my sin over what Jesus Christ did for me. And I can pull the scripture up, okay, to, that, that, that will show you this, and I'll read it to you. Hebrews, book of Hebrews. This is a very interesting conversation, ladies and gentlemen. 
um while he while he pulls this up i'll just do a, you know a little commentary i don't i don't believe that i don't i don't believe that that you're gonna go to hell if you're if you if you're acting in a way that is christian like and you 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 worship a different um god um i i almost kind of think the way it looks when i look at all the major religions and no one no no fundamental christian has been able to answer this question for me but and i know a lot of them have studied other religions when i look at all the major religions of the world it is uncanny how their rules are extremely similar to the ten commandments to the rules of christianity especially when you get into the new testament there are many many different religions that flow along with the new testament almost like you could interchange a lot of the characters within these religions with the new testament and the i just, Lord, i wonder if that's the, not part of god's plan as well because we're so the, diverse well the problem the problem that you have with that okay is that the lord jesus christ said i am the way the truth and the life no man comes unto the father but by me okay because he is the way that means every other way is lost because he is the life okay that means i'm sorry the way the truth and the life because he's the way that means every other way is lost because he is the truth every other self-exalting truth is a lie and because he is the life that means every other road leads unto death it's jesus christ or nothing so when you when you're dealing Can I ask you with a question yes why is god jealous what that sounds like and i'm i'm being devil's advocate i'm stepping out of my christian belief system and i want to know why why god would sound like a man that sounds like something a man would say like a king maybe to make you follow what he's saying doesn't it yes the jealousy of god is not like the jealousy of human beings the jealousy of human beings is through the prism of sin jealousy envy and covetedness okay that is not the same that what God deals with. God's jealousy is a pure jealousy. And what, what is meant by that, okay, is that God created everyone, okay, to have a personal relationship with him. But because sin has entered into the world through the woman, through Eve, she's the one that transgressed, drew Adam in on it. All right. We are eternally separated from God because of our sin. God is jealous to have his creation back. He wants us because he created us and he loves us and he wants to be with us. He wants to be a part of us. He wants to be a part of every aspect of our lives. There is, as I explained to you in our phone call last night, the only thing that God is not, that I, and I've experienced this and I told you, okay, I, I, I bring God in on every single thing I do, everything I do. 
except for when I have to go and relieve myself. And I learned, okay, and as I explained to you last night, that is offensive to him. So you really can't even talk to him on the uh, when you're doing your business on the John because he he it's offensive to him. Now some people may not not see that, may not understand that, but this is what he has said to me, and he has shown me, and he's shown me in his word because as I explained to you, he instructed the Hebrews when they were in the wilderness to to put the bathrooms on the south side of the camp so that when the east wind east west wind the west east wind blew okay or the east west wind okay the smell wouldn't come into the center of the camp where the tabernacle was which was a great offense to him so the the whole purpose of his jealousy is to draw us back to him to love him and to obey him and one of the key things that you find out, not only through the Word of God, okay, but you also learn in the book of Enoch, is that there are many things that man has come to learn that were to remain in the heavens unknown. But thanks to the fallen angels, men were taught things that they never should have known. And it's it's never been crushed. Once you once you let the proverbial genie out of the bottle, you can't stick it back in with men. We call those the Paschal mysteries, things that we don't know about. Okay. Um, you know, I'm seeing what Ge what Geesebusters says. You you don't hear of, of obedience and sacrifice anymore. Well, yes, that's that is part of that is part of salvation. God reaches down and pulls you out of the fires. But God doesn't want to just leave you that way. Okay? And I've seen it both ways. I've seen people come to the saving grace of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, and I've seen God move on that person, and I mean whoosh. Everything. I mean, everything is wiped out, gone. It, it's forgiven. It, 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 they're healed. They're delivered. They're cleansed. It's like wham, bam, Thank you, Lord. And that person is absolutely, totally brand new. And I've seen people like myself who God saves. And then over a period of time, God cuts away. He wounds those areas that need to be, to be taken away. He heals and he delivers. And he takes you back through what you went through so that you are able to use that to help others. And it requires obedience. When God gives us, when God gives us the word of God, the, it's full of his commands. They're not, those are not suggestions. It, there's obedience. And this is why Christ said, okay, to those people, did you know who said did we not prophesy in your name did we not raise the dead in your name did we not heal the sick in your name did we not do many wondrous things in 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 your name and he says depart from me i knew you not okay they knew of him but they didn't know him okay because what people don't understand is okay like the lord has used me and flowed through me to deliver, help deliver people from the demonic. It is 
blasphemy for me to say I have delivered people from the demonic because I can't deliver a single person. It is the, the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the Father of lights. It is the Holy Spirit that works through me. And I command in the name of Jesus Christ, or I ask in the name of Jesus Christ. I do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one that heals. He's the one that delivers. He's the one who sets people free and breaks the yokes of bondage. And anyone who tells you that they have healed this person or they have healed that, they haven't healed a single person. They haven't delivered a single person. This is they great haven't done anything like that. It's great that you bring this up. I want to I ask you a question, and I think we're going to go on extra half hour today. We're already five minutes over. Um, I'm going to ask you a question. I want kind of a shorter answer. You do very good. Okay. Your very, answers are very thorough. I'm not picking on you. I just, for no, time's okay. sake, um, I want sake. A kind of a shorter answer, and I'm going to play a commercial to give us both a little bit of a break. And uh, then we'll come right back. I'll play Audi's commercial for us. So as a Catholic, and I, I know I have a couple of Catholic viewers right now, um, we get a lot of flack. So when we say Hail Marys, I am told that I am deifying Mary. But if you're ignorant of that prayer and you don't, under, you don't know the words to the prayer, we're not asking Mary to deliver us. We're not asking Mary to do anything for us. We are asking Mary to pray for us. And before you say you're not supposed to pray to the dead, she ascended <laughs> to heaven. She was not, she did not die. If you, if you have read the Bible and is as knowledgeable as you say you are, you know this, it's in the Bible. She ascended to heaven. She was not, she did not see death. So in our eyes, she is, alive in heaven and so is that the same is that is that any different than you asking a demon to leave in the name of the lord jesus christ uh the two are totally different the two are totally different because because the, the lord told us in, in the gospel of mark and I know that, that, that there's some contention as to whether or not this, these scriptures were actually in or out or what have you but he has said that in in my name these signs shall follow those who believe they shall cast out devils and they shall do a whole bunch of other things okay and i have experienced okay self-deliverance through myself god helping me through self-deliverance of myself and doing dealing with self-deliverance i mean of deliverance with other people okay um the demons are terrified of the name of jesus christ okay you can use Yahushua, which is his Hebrew name. The demons recognize that. Okay. If you use Jesus, which is the Greek of his name, interpretation of uh, the the Hebrew word Yahushua. Okay. The demons tremble at that. If you use Jesus Christ, the demons will tremble at that. We are told to do these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, as far as the the situation is with with um mary okay um that to to be very frank with you that is a very very long dissertation to go through with the bible with the scriptures and with the understanding of the battle of the seeds her seed versus thy seed i can't answer it i can't answer that question in two minutes well, didn't she crush the head of the serpent oh mary yeah no, yeah, she did when, not. When the, the, but the moment Jesus, the, the last breath came out, the head of the serpent was crushed by her foot. 
Where it, are you getting no. that in the scriptures? That's not in the scriptures. Well, it's, okay. it's, it's in it's, the scriptures. It's there. I can't quote it like you can. I, I, I don't have that ability. But. When, every, time, every time that we, oh, we overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our witness, okay? So every time we overcome Satan, we are literally crushing his head, okay? Now, when when Miriam said to the Gabriel, to the, the messenger angel, okay, let it be as you have said, okay, in agreement with that, okay, she, at that particular point, she did crush on the head of the serpent because she could have been like um, Zechariah, Zechariah, Zacchaeus, no, uh, John the Baptist's dad, who doubted Gabriel, the uh, the archangel, okay, and because of his failure to agree with Gabriel, the Lord instructed Gabriel to make him mute until John was born. So, you know, when we we crush the head of the serpent every day. Okay, when we take a stand in God's word against the workings of the devil, and the devil bites at our heel each and every day when he sends a fiery dart or a temptation to us, okay, what, what are we going to do? Are we going to allow that bite to cause us to sin, or are we going to, um, or are we going to crush his head and say, no, you know, it is written, it is written, it is written. That's how you deal with the devil. It is written, it is written, it is written, okay? As far as, 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 far as Mary is concerned, okay, look, I know you're going to disagree with me, okay? But Mary was not immaculately conceived. Mary did not immaculately ascend to heaven. Mary was not sinless. Mary, okay. Why? Wow. How can you say that? Where do you? Um, let's go to a commercial break and take this up. I, I need a second here. Let's let, let's do that. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take that up. Let's try to be more uh, direct or, or 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 quicker with our answers, both of us, and um, then we'll we'll get back on track. But I I, I want I that that's a point of contention with me. I cannot just let that one fly. So we'll be right back. We're gonna do this Audi commercial. You you doing good, Levi? Everything all right? Yeah, no, no, I'm fine. I'm, I'm okay, just what I'm doing excellent. is I'm I'm get I've got this all written out, so I'm getting the information. We'll be right, right back, so. ladies and gentlemen. New music, classic artists. That's how we do it here at Modern Retro Radio. Lenny Kravitz has just released his 11th studio album. Here is the ever-enduring pop genius Beck. Giving you the latest from Sheryl Crow. Lindsey Buckingham. Marilyn Manson. This is Garbage, a song called Blood for Poppies. Robert Crane's channeling Al Green. Better known as Shaka Khan. Brand new music from Parliament Funkadelic. Back in the 1980s and 1990s, we knew him as Terrence Trent Darby. This is Taylor Dane. You know, you know that group, Blue uh, Fighters? I am vaguely it. familiar with them, yeah. The new album from Slash, Phil Collins, covers the four tops. Metallica's 2016 double album, Hardwired to Self-Destruct. Here we got Aerosmith with Beyond Beautiful.
what happened? How did you, why am I bigger? I'm not supposed to be bigger. (laughs) We don't want to do that either. There we go. That's better. Risha has a question and Risha, I will get to your question in a minute. I want to, I want to go down this path. Like I said, I do have some Catholic viewers um, in, in the, in the um viewing right now so we're, we're very interested into why you are uh, uh that's our lady we call her our lady and we want to know why you're 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 um disparaging her that's 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 a hard one to swallow okay the first thing i want to say is i am not disparaging the mother of the lord jesus christ okay i recognize that in that she was prophesied by the Holy Spirit by the Father of Lights. You can read about that in, I, I believe it's Isaiah 7, uh, verse 10, where he t- he tells, uh, let me see. Yeah, uh, let's see, where we go? Uh, that's, that's the same, Michael. I'm, I'm, more, I'm more interested in why no. you say that well, she wasn't immaculately, uh, Jesus was not immaculately okay. conceived. No, that, that's, Jesus that's was huge... okay. Jesus was immaculately conceived. There is absolutely no doubt about that. The power of God overshadowed Mary. And the seed of God entered into the womb of Mary and made it up, matched up with the seed of Mary, which was the egg. When the spark of life was given, okay, the reason why Christ is immaculate, that meaning that he has no sin, is because the sin that is in Mary had nothing to match up with to the seed, the DNA of God, okay, that was God has DNA. The egg. Yeah, yeah omnipotent creator of everything has DNA. Yes, he does. Everything he has created has DNA. When a man ejaculates his seed into into the woman's womb, that is DNA. And the DNA of the man in his seed, and this is why the seed is so precious to God, that he even killed a man who pulled himself out of a woman. This is in the book of Genesis, I believe, chapter 38. He pulled out of a woman and spilt his seed on the ground and God struck him dead for dishonoring the seed. The seed of a man, okay, which is the DNA of the man, which is 23 chromosomes, enters into the womb and when it mates with the DNA that's inside the egg of the woman, the 23 strands of the woman match up with the 23 strands of the man and it forms a 46-chromosome helix. The spark of life enters in, and that spark of life is when God deposits the soul and the spirit into the womb. Now, God did not violate the manner in which a man-child was born. Now, I'm not saying that when God overshot over overshadowed Miriam that God had sex with Miriam. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that God placed his DNA into Miriam's womb 
His DNA was in the form of a man's DNA seed. It was without sin. His seed went into her egg. Her egg was fertilized by that seed. God sent the spark of life, which was the Lord Jesus Christ himself entering into her womb. The sin of Mary had nothing to mate up with because there was no sin in the seed of God. And because of that, okay, Jesus Christ was born a man-child with every aspect of a man that God had created, but there was no sin in him. And how can I prove this? Is because when Mary had her other sons after Jesus, they were his half-brothers by the word of God. Where are you getting that? What's that? Where do you get that he had other sons? She had other sons. Is that in the Bible See, somewhere? Yes. Yes. Jesus had half-brothers. Yeah, they're in the Bible. It's James, explicit. It's not yes, an James, interpretation. No. James, John, Jude, not John the Apostle John, or the or but he had he had he had four brothers. He had Joseph, John, uh, James, and he had Jude. And they, okay, were the sons of Joseph. So when Joseph, that's why Joseph wasn't used to bring about the Lord Jesus Christ. Because if Joseph was used and he deposited his seed into the woman and God sent Christ in that way, the seed would have been contaminated by the sin that was in Joseph and the sin that was in, in Mary would have joined and then Christ would be born not free of sin. God didn't violate the way he established man. God worked through the way he did his creation. And so, that can so, be proven, like I said, because all of Jesus' half-brothers, if, if Mary was immaculate, as the Roman Catholic Church has erroneously taught to people, then that means all four brothers of Christ would be immaculate as well. Because this, there would be no sin in her. The sin of Joseph, after she had Jesus, would not have had anything Where's, to match up with. So, so having having a child is a sin. No, having a child is not a sin. But this is how this is how. Look, we were all we're all born in sin. This is how David said, "We I was born in sin. I was I was born in iniquity." Okay, because the sin of the dad, okay, is in his seed, in his DNA. The sin of the woman is in her egg, in the DNA of the egg. And when the two match, not only is it the 23 chromosome and 23 chromosome mate to make the 46 helix, but the sin of the mother and the sin of the dad come together. And it's passed to the child. We're going to go back full circle here because this this is my point of this of where I'm coming from in this. Let's 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 jump off the train of Mary for a second. But you said some things in this discussion about Mary that really kind of tickled my brain a little bit. Okay. So again, once again, um, I go back to the Bible on its face says what it says. 
they are all um, parables put in a parabolistic kind of fashion where it's easy for people to understand what the scriptures actually mean. Then, with that being said, you had mentioned that God has DNA. Yes. And to me, you're attributing human characteristics, which I know he says were made in his image. That's that's without without going there. You're administering human characteristics to something we can't even begin. No, I'm not. Understand. No, I'm, no, no, I'm not. Where did the DNA come from? God created us. He created right. the DNA. It didn't come from him. He created yes, us. He said he created us. He didn't say we are him. We are not gods. We are not. Where? Uh, we're, where did okay let's we're, let's 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 work this out let's work this out okay let's go back to the garden of eden before the sin okay when god created man he created man from the dust of the earth the clay of the ground the mud of the earth okay and when he did that and he breathed in the breath of life everything that was inside of adam came from the Lord. It was part of him. Before he even thought of creating Adam, before he even thought of creating the earth and the heavens and the, the sun and the moon and the stars and the waters and everything, all of that was part of him. It was in him. He spoke it into existence. And because it agreed with God, it became. So all that all that was of God's creation was already inside of him. The DNA makeup of every living thing was already in him. And he spoke it into existence and he created it. And this is why Satan is after the DNA. A, because the DNA actually has the signature of God in it. So, okay, I, you made I, 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 that you made your point. Uh, okay. Back to back to, well, well, it, there's a couple things I want to address. We still haven't answered the question of whether what King James did by by swiping out six books and Martin Luther by changing the scripture. In your own words, you said changing, leaving out, or adding to, or taking away is blasphemy. Blasphemy. Yes, it is. Absolutely, so, it is. So, are those blasphemous, blasphemic acts by those two gentlemen? Yes. If you God's word, He warns us in 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 several places in Deuteronomy. He warns us in in the Book of Revelation. If you do not add to these words, do not take away from these words so is the and king james bible us, blasphemic then just even even reading it or even having it or owning it is that and i'm not i don't think so i that's not my opinion i'm asking no. you because you brought this up this is what fascinating I, what, to me. What, what, because what has happened okay is contrary to people's understanding all right the word of god has been manipulated by men over the years for power for wealth money and control okay why 
do you think it's why why would god think about this for a moment why would the all-knowing god all-powerful god the one true god the lord jesus christ why would he need to have over 400 versions of his word why if he no if if he promised us the holy spirit the comforter who would lead us into all truth bring to remembrance the things that christ said to us and and show us things that are to come why would god need to convert his word into all these different versions and the truth of it is he doesn't Okay, men have taken God and turned him into a religion and have used it to power, to control, to manipulate, to intimidate, to dominate, which is a form of witchcraft, and get people, okay, to to do things that they would not otherwise do if they read the word of God, invite God in on it, and read it for themselves and let God open their eyes to it. Because going back to what you said, yes. There are there there are certain words in the Bible that mean what they mean. You're not going to get anything more out of them. But many of the verses in the Bible don't have just one meaning. They have multiple meanings hidden within them, different layers. Okay? I'll give you an example. The Lord Jesus Christ in Luke 21 says, okay, that's when the disciples asked him, what's going to happen when the end comes. And he gives all of these, these lists of things, okay? And then at verse 19, he switches from all the disastrous things that are happening, and he says, in your patience, you will possess your souls. And then he goes right back for the next 19, 20 verses to all the destruction. So now, back to that, 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 that verse, in your patience, you possess your souls. When you look at that, you say, okay, I, I, I possess my soul. I keep, I have self-control of, of my soul through the Lord in my patience. But the opposite of what it says is also true. If in your patience, you possess your soul in impatience, passion, you lose your soul. So being passionate, see, this is the thing that this is where there's a different. This is where there's a different. This is there's a difference between you're interpreting it, Mister Cooper, the guy that somebody brought up, Colonel whatever is interpreting it, Jimmy, Jim, you know, James Baker interprets it. Um, all these different people are taking the word, and this is my my big problem. With, with with this kind of thinking you're taking something god has given us a a book called the bible mm -hmm. okay and he has these very very easy plain parables for us to follow and then okay. individuals come along and start deciphering it and the message that you're supposed to be getting is lost in this sea of minutiae of opinion, of interpretation, and one person's interpretation is different, 
And my whole thing is, is why can't we just take the Bible, read it, accept the parables, and focus on those? Because you're pulling, not you, I'm not saying people are pulling away from the true meaning of what the Bible really is. I start having people tell me incredible things, and they're not in the Bible they're what they're interpreting in it. And then they're saying things like you say, well, in Greek, this word means that. Well, I'm not reading the Bible in Greek. Nobody's reading the Bible in Greek or in Hebrew or in Latin, heaven forbid. Okay. We're reading the Bible either in the King's English or in normal English. Okay. Which I don't, okay. I, King's English is extremely hard to read. Another convolution of things, in my opinion. But we're reading the Bible and we're getting all these different messages. No. There's the message. That's the that's the word that you guys are. And that's the thing about people who do this. The Bible is the word. The Bible is the Lord's word. This is the way. This is the light. Okay. Why are we adding to it? Why are we taking away from it? Aren't you and other people? And I'm not being mean. I'm, I'm just. I'm, no, I, I know it, what you're asking. A question, very, legitimate question. This it's is a legitimate question. Important. I don't have for this. What, yes. what, what makes other people. What what's not blasphemic about taking scripture that has a a it's it's in a clear instructions? It's like taking instructions and saying, "Oh, they don't mean this." I'm going to try to put this together my own way. That's what that's what happens with the Bible, and then we lose the true meaning, the parable that what was put there for us. So, do you get what I'm trying to say? Okay. Yes. Now, let me address two things really quick. All right. What people don't understand about using the hebrew the aramaic and the greek okay is that when the scriptures were written they were written in the hebrew the aramaic or the greek okay hebrew and aramaic have a meaning for a word that when you and the same thing with the greek when you translate into other languages those other languages may not have the same meaning as they do in the greek or in the hebrew this is why concordances are so important to have, because you can look at a word in the Greek and you can look at a word in the Hebrew, and it doesn't mean anything, okay, like what the English says. For example, I'll give you a perfect example. When you go to Proverbs 3, and you read where it says, okay, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not to thine own understanding. In all, thy, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to your navel and marrow to thy bones. Now, when you, when you see that word marrow to thy bones, what do you think? I'm honestly asking you. Bone marrow. Think? I think about bone marrow, the insides of the bones, the inside workings of what's inside your bones. So that means you're, you're, you get what I'm saying? The guts of the Bible, basically. Okay. But when you read, when you look at the word marrow in the Hebrew, okay, it is the Hebrew word, okay, sikhui. It means drink. It means refreshment. And who is the drink? Who is the refreshment? That would that's be the Jesus. Lord Jesus. That's right. The Lord Jesus Christ is our drink. He is the living water. He is the fountain of life, according to the written word. 
He said that he that drinks of me shall never go thirsty again, but it is written from his belly shall come rivers of living water. So the Lord Jesus Christ, he is the marrow of my bones. He is the drink of my bones. He is the one who gives my bones life because a broken spirit, as the word says, drieth the bones. And the bones dry from the inside out, not from the outside in. I need to get this you is together why, with White Wolf. That's what I need to do. <laughs> this, this is this is this is why it's so. This is and see, I know that I, I'm seeing some of the comments in the chat, and I'm not taking offense to any of them. Okay, um, this is this is why. Okay. Well, well, wait a minute, Keep, because what you guys are saying then is what what the, in other words don't re, don't unless you can unless you're going to have concordance. Okay, don't read the Bible because you're not going to no, understand that, it. No, that, no, that's no, what, that's, that's what this that, means. That, 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 no, that's not what I'm saying. Well, technically, what, that's what, what you guys are saying. No, that if we don't I'm understand sa- the Greek and the Hebrew, and w- then then and we're and here's another mm-hmm. thing: we're trying to you're you're talking about people. Who were talking three thousand years ago? Yes, that's right. And what that means then, and what that means now, there's a difference. There's a bit. Well, yeah, yes, and no. Because here, I'll tell you why. Because Hebrew and Aramaic have remained constant through the centuries. It was only until about the 1930s that the Grecian government decided to come out with a new, edified language of the Greek. So what you can do is you can find, okay, the old Greek language prior to 1930. It's readily available. But see, this is this is part of, you know, concordances were taught and, and were put together and were told by pastors, reverends, ministers, okay? For years, people were told by by their spiritual leaders about concordances and people use the concordances. It wasn't until the 1950s and beyond that concordances fell out of fashion to where they're almost forgotten now. And see, the word of God tells us, okay, study to show thyself approved. Study to rightfully divide the word that the workman should not be ashamed. And avoid profane and vain babblings and avoid the genealogies because they all lead to more ungodliness. The reason why I know what I know about the Word of God is because God has sat me down and when and I have learned that when I read the Bible, I just don't pick up the Bible and read the words on the page. Okay. He wrote it. It's his love letter to me. And so what I have done is every time I pick up that word of God, I pray and I give thanks for that word of God that's in my hands. I ask God to invite me, okay? I ask God, okay, to open my spirit man to the truth of his word. I don't I don't bring new meaning to parables. I know better than that. Okay? But like but, that but verse kind of what you're you, doing, it, that's kind of what, what, what no. What, it's it's not it's not. And the reason why is because, just like I showed you, when you look at that word marrow in the English, you're thinking of that blood-like material, the, 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 the soft part of the center of the bones that's responsible for producing our red and white blood cells. 
But when you look in the Hebrew, as it, as it was originally written, it's talking about drink and refreshment. Those are the words that are actually used in the Hebrew. But when it was translated to English from, okay, that's when the English, they the changed the words, okay, to fit the what they saw, because they saw bones. But the context, so the though, marrow. Brother Levi, the context is the same, brother. When you when you finished reading when you finished and you're very good and and you know I people in the chat saying well I can't I can't quote scripture I just don't have that kind of mind but to to be able to recall anything like that when I do stuff I have to write stuff I don't have that kind of recall but but what I'm saying is you put that whole scripture into context and whether I think it's marrow or not we're both talking about when you finished it the context. We're talking about inside, yes. what's inside, the mechanical yes. device inside because or the innards of, and the translation wasn't lost on me, and the translation wasn't lost on you when it was put into context in both languages. See, this is this is the problem I have with all this is I'm not, I'm, we're all over the place, and we, we, we're skipping over the parable. And I think that there's certain people who might be able to do that. But I think on mass to expect people to to do that and then be able to get the, they're missing. I have people talking about nonsense that they think is in the Bible, and they're they're missing. They're they're more focused on that because it fits their worldview. You mentioned DNA. You mentioned that's why the devil wants our RNA. You mentioned all that. You put that all together. You took a three thousand year old book. And somehow fit that in. And I'm not, I don't know if you're wrong or right. I'm not saying you're wrong or right. I think it might be dangerous because you might be wrong. You might be right. I might be the one in danger. I'm not, I'm not here picking on anyone. I'm just trying to. Oh, I understand that. To... Everything. If, okay, I'll tell you what. So, so you're, tra- you, it, they, they no, 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 no. And they fit it into their own personal <sighs> worldview with their interpretation. And that's, I think, a dangerous game. Okay. And I don't play that game. I don't play personal interpretation. The word of God says that the word of God is not up to any personal, private interpretation, but that it, it, the interpretation is given us through the Holy Spirit, okay? And so what, what God has had me do, and, what, and, and I'm going to use, because you talked about m- multiple layers, okay? You read that verse and as marrow for thy bones. Okay, so you're thinking of the the the, the soft fleshy part of the middle of your bones. Okay, uh, no, that's I'm thinking layer. in a parable oh, way, the oh, inner workings oh. of something, something that's oh, deep okay. inside. Yeah, well, watch this. You want to talk about a parable? Let's watch this. On one layer, you're thinking about the 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 the, the soft material inside the bone that produces the red and blood cells, and gives life to the bones. Okay. But on another level, because you check to see what marrow meant in the Hebrew, you gain another level of understanding because what they're really talking about is the drink and the refreshment. And so you know that the Lord Jesus Christ is that drink and that refreshment, that fountain of life, that living water. So then now you see at another level that here's an example in the Old Testament where the Old Testament is prophesying and testifying of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God just showed it to you. So, so by by that standard, by your standards, what you're saying is, and and, and I, I, I can't get away from this part. 
What you're saying is unless someone can sit down and start looking up what words meant 3,000 years ago in Hebrew or Arabic or Greek, then they'll never understand the Bible. And that's where my problem No, is, that's not what I'm saying. There are things in the Bible. The whole problem with all this. That's why okay. I had this show. There are, there are things in the Bible that you can read, and you can read it right off of the page, and you can understand what it says. Okay? Like, for example, when I read in Luke 21, 19, it's not a parable. It's a statement by Christ. He said, in your patience, you possess your soul. So I sat there and I pondered on that, which is what we're supposed to do. And I see another level to it. If God is saying in patience, you possess your soul, he's also saying in your impatience, the opposite of patience, you lose your soul because it's in your impatience that you do unrational things. Think of it in traffic. Perfect example, okay? You're in traffic, and you're stuck in traffic, and traffic isn't moving, or traffic isn't doing it, okay? You get impatient, okay? In your impatient, you then get annoyed. And then from impatience to annoyance, you get angry. And then from your anger, you may complain and murmur. And from the complaining and murmuring, then you may go ahead and you may speak profanity or speak ill of your brother that you don't even know. And parallel to that, you may use the name of the Lord in vain. So you've just committed a myriad of sins through your impatience. This is what the Holy Spirit meant by studying to show yourself approved. Rightfully divide the word of God to be a workman that's not ashamed. None of us are going to be able to stand before God who have had his word and claim spiritual ignorance, especially now. See, and that's because what that we means have you. Okay, so this is the perfect example. You just told me what that means. You told me what that means. That doesn't mean that to me. That means you go, you proclaim the word of God. You're not ashamed to say that I am a Christian or I am, you know, I'm a Baptist or a Catholic, anything that has to do with Jesus. You're not ashamed of that. And but what you just said is not the same interpretation that I have. Do, do you understand what I'm trying to say here? Do you see the connection I'm trying to make? Your you are interpreting the Bible by what you think the Hebrew and Greek words mean. And I'm not picking on you, brother. I'm not at all. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm interpreting the Bible. I can't read Greek. I can read Latin a little bit. I can understand Latin because I go to Latin mass, okay? But I can't, I can't read Latin or speak Latin fluently, all right? When I read the Bible, I'm reading it in English, and I'm reading it in English in 2024 AD. And I'm reading right. it very similar to the same as the King James Bible when we got six extra books, and we don't have a bunch of molested scriptures, okay, by, by Martin Luther. With, with that being said, I'm reading the same thing you're reading. And what mm -hmm. is going into my mind is totally different than what's make going into your mind now. And and this isn't a, a a pissing match, but who's right? No, I understand that. No, no, I understand that. Who's okay. right? Are you right or am I right? Or are we both right or are we both wrong? Again, I I I agree I agree with you that 
there are things in the Bible that you can read, okay, and you don't need, okay, to to look at the Hebrew or the Greek to understand what's being said, okay? Like, thou shalt not steal, okay? You know what that means, all right? Now, if you want a, if you want to find out what in fullness of the word steal means, then you can go to your concordance, you can open it up, and you can look up what the word steal means in the Hebrew. It's very easy to do. And then you can find out what the definition of the word is so that you get a fuller sense of what God is meaning by the word steal. Okay? What the, the, there are things that are in the Bible that are hidden. Okay? Well, why Not would God power, do that? Why Not, would God give us the Bible and hide things from us? It's his love letter to us. It's yes, right. guide for humanity to be human and, and act like selfless human beings. Why would he hide things from us so we have to go sift through it and try to, why isn't the word just plain what it is? Because it is. In, in the Bible, because, it's plain. It's what it is. It's for everyone to understand. He, he, the, he hides things in his word to draw you to a closer relationship with him because you cannot do anything of him without him. You read, I, I am the branch. My father's the husbandman. Okay. I'm the vine. You are the branch. My father's the husbandman. Okay. The branch can do nothing on its own. It has to be connected to the vine. And when you read your Bible, okay, you are the branch. The Bible is the vine. You have to be connected to the vine. That's why there are people that are out there who have been reading the Bible for 50 years, going to church for 50 years, and they're, they're lost. It's because they don't bring God in, okay, on his word and they don't ask him for help. You know, there are seven spirits that roam the earth, okay? And I'll, I'll get them for you right here. They're in, in the book of Isaiah. We're going to go into the 10 o'clock hour, but that's it. Once we hit 10, we got we to gotta hit it. I, I understand. They're also in, the, in, in Zechariah. They're the, they're, the, they're the stones with the seven eyes. And they're also in the book of Revelation, the lamb that was slain that has seven eyes. And these seven, uh, these seven eyes are the seven spirits that go around the world. And you have a right as a child of God to ask God for these seven spirits. The seven spirits of God are the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of the fear of the Lord, and the spirit of the Lord himself, the Holy Spirit. And we get that after we're baptized with, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the right to ask God for all of those spirits. And how God disperses those spirits to you depends upon what God feels you are able to handle and if you're going to handle them appropriately. He's not just going to give you something that you, that you, you don't know, that you're going to use it for wrong purposes. He's got to test you. He's got to, that's what our walk of faith is all about, is being tested, constantly being tested. 
on the things that we can handle, the knowledge that we have, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to use it as an axe to cut people's heads off and, and, and destroy them? Or are you going to use it to bring the truth of my word to people that you lift up Christ from the earth before all men, that he may draw all men unto himself? And see, that's what I do. I don't use, I don't judge, and I don't condemn anyone. You know, I I, I know Risha has been attacking me all night long in the chat, and she can say what she wants to say. Well, see, I'm not. We try not to. We try. We try not to get pejorative with people in the no. chat. Um, I have not. I'm just saying. Okay. Can, can I answer, ask the question? Yes. Because it, it's it's a, a fair question. Yes, um, it is. The Judeo-Christian concordance, question mark. Does Levi even know who printed that concordance or the history? Okay, excellent question. The concordance I use is Strong's. It was it was written by Strong's. Okay? Who funded it? She wants to know. Who funded it? Yes. I, 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 I know it's not the Rothschilds. Okay, I can tell you that much. As to who exactly has funded this, okay, I don't know if you can see it. This is what I use. This is one of the sources I use in the Strongs. Now, I am aware, okay, that there's a lot of changes that have been going on. So I don't use just just this. I also use Blue Letter Bible. I also use others. And I check across the board to see if they're being consistent. And if I find an inconsistency, then I stop, I speak with God, and I ask him to show it and hammer it out. Okay. I'm studying to to show myself approved a workman rightfully dividing the word. I'm not doing anything that's special. I'm doing what the Holy Spirit asks us to do through the apostles and what Christ expects us to do to obey his word. If you obey me and keep my commandments, then ye shall be my disciples and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. If you're if you're if you're keeping his commandments and and obeying him, then you'll know. But if you're not obeying him and you just know him, how are you his disciple when you're not fulfilling what he said to do? Right. Okay. We, you know, a lot of people say, okay, well, if God doesn't judge America, then he's got to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Now let's let's think about that for a moment. Okay. Sodom and Gomorrah didn't have the Word of God. They didn't have concordances. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have websites where, that you could go onto to check the meanings of words and, and look at the Word of God and, and break it down into the Hebrew and the Greek. We have it so easy, so easy to be able to look at the Word of God. How is it that you can sit there for two and a half hours and you can watch trash from Hollywood on, on, on murder and mayhem and wars and everything else like that, but you can't give God half an hour to take one chapter of, 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 uh, of the Bible and look at it in the Hebrew or the Greek, depending upon what, what you're in, and kind of see what you're, what, you, what you're dealing with and looking at? How, how, are you, how could anybody—you know, God's going to tell us— Okay, God, God's going to turn around and, and, and show us when we stand before him, how many hours, how many, how many years, months, weeks, days, hours, minutes, and seconds we spent fulfilling the lusts of our eyes, the lusts of our flesh, and the pride of life, and how much time we spent in his word and spent time with him in prayer. 
I've got a comment from Jason Barker. The vine can do nothing without the roots. The roots are Jesus and God. So prayer is needed, not just intellectual dissection. I think digging in the weeds makes us miss the overall message sometimes. And that's kind of my my point. And, and, and I just, you know, I, I would hope it's not so complicated that someone just can't pick up the Bible without having to do all this certain research and all this okay. other and, and, and you know, you're right. And be a good Christian. Uh, you, okay. And not go to and, hell because they didn't read the Bible uh, and, and translate I'm the not, word. Okay. Well, first off, well, first off, I'm not saying that anybody, because somebody doesn't do with the concordances and checking the Hebrew and the Greek is going to go to hell. I I'm never not said saying that. that you are. Okay. I, I, I didn't so, imply that. I'm sorry. What, 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 okay. Even, even, even myself going through the Hebrew and the Greek for me is only about five years old in my walk with God. The, 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 the 25 years I've walked with him since my salvation has been reading the word of God, and I've made plenty of mistakes. And that's when God introduced me into the Hebrew and the Greek and reading and actually seeing it, okay? And this is why the Lord said in Mark 13, Luke 21, and in Ma in Matthew 24, okay, when the disciples asked what were the signs of his, his coming, the very first thing Christ said was, take heed and see that no man deceives you. Well, in order for no man to deceive you, you've got to be in his word. You've got to be in his word. You've got to be questioning, okay, his word. Not questioning in doubt and unbelief. But looking at it and says, and you know, you look at a scripture and you say, you know, there's something more to this. What am I missing? God, I see this. What are you trying to say to me? Reveal it to me. And you'll be amazed at what is revealed, okay, through the Hebrew and the Greek. And this is why so many people are not cognizant of the time that we're in. Because a lot of the end time information is broken down, okay, through the Hebrew and the Greek. That's why when you read in Revelation 18.23, you see that the, the, the um, here, I'll, I'll give you an example. Revelation 18.23. Part B. Okay. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by their sorceries were all nations deceived. That word merchants in the Greek, now when you think of merchants, you think of, okay, people who buy and sell. Buy and sell. Okay, right? But when you look at that word merchants in the Greek, it's the word emporos. And it's not those who actually buy and sell. What it actually means are those who produce their goods and ship them overseas to middlemen who then yoke people to be bound to what they are purveying. So That's what's I, in the I Greek. Have a simple, uh, we got five minutes left. I have a very right. simple kind of thinking for you. Now, these things were translated from Arabic Greek into Greek, right? And Hebrew, mm -hmm. from Hebrew and Arabic into Greek. Okay. And then they were translated from the Greek word 
and let's just say from Greek to English, right? That's right. I'm, I'm, okay, That's so correct. I'm right there. So who's to say that the person translating the Greek into English said, wait a minute, th maybe the word merchants wasn't there. Maybe it was a different word and it meant what merchants means in English, right? And this person who was transcribing from Greek to English said, I better put this in an English term that means what it says. Because I think we kind of make maybe making a mistake because we don't I don't know who translated these things. Do you from from one language to the other? No, I mean, no. OK, I so don't know who, I don't know. How who do we know the were. person who who was most likely probably some Catholic monk somewhere translating stuff in a, in a, in a monastery some, cause that's how a lot of that was done. Jesuit monk. Anyways, I know I'm just joking around with everybody. Just, I, I'm trying to like, get, you know, we're friends here still. Everybody, we, we, we are all, you know, we're on the same team and this is a great conversation we're having, but who's to say that the person translating said that, wow, in Greek, this means merchant, but if I, you know, and it, you know, means what it means, I'm going to, th this word could be convoluted in English. I'm going to give the true English meaning of that word and put it in the Bible. Right. Okay. So, yeah. so you could be totally all of us, me, you, I'm not just saying you, I'm not focusing on you. I see what I call them soothsayers. I am not trying to use the Bible to tell the future. I am trying to use the Bible to lead a better life. When I sit in mass mm -hmm. and I listen to the gospel, because we read anywhere from three to five gospels, depending on the mass, okay? Mm -hmm. I listen to the gospel and I get the story from it. I get that the parable. Mm -hmm. I get the meaning out of it. When I read the Bible, I read a parable. If I don't understand it right away, I read it again. I put it in the context. Mm -hmm. A lot of times you can't just read Matthew you know, 21, chapter six, you have to read what's after that, Matthew 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, to get the meaning of that full scripture. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? So there's a I way to get lost or get tangled up in this ball of yarn sometimes. It's, it's okay. I'm, I guess I, I'm just I, a I simple-minded person. I, I, no, I, and look, I'm, I'm not putting down anyone because I was there. You have to understand something. I was there where I would take my Bible, I would open up my Bible, and I would just read the, the English that was on the page, okay? And I would come up with understandings that were uh, from what was on the page, okay? And I admit some of these understandings were in error. And why they were in error was because I wasn't digging deep into God. I was just taking it at face value that was on the pages. And for some people, okay, that may be as far as they choose to go with God. And that's their, that's, they, they can do that. What I'm saying is because God has a calling on my life to understand these things, okay, he's opened up the Hebrew and the Greek to me to get a deeper understanding of what is being said. And it's not that it changes, okay, the context for what's being said. You get a more of a rounded fullness of understanding what's being said, that the English language, like the word merchants, is what fits 
the Greek definition of emporos that is a lot more expansive, and there's not one word that you can say in English that meets what emporos means. So the the interpreter, the 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 scribe who convert changed it from Greek to English said merchants fits, and so they slapped merchants in that place. Is there anything wrong with that? No, because because God understands. Okay, that that there's the, the the words in English cannot be translated into German. German cannot be translated into Russian. So yet they have to. You know, you ever listen to a, a Russian? Sometimes there's an English word that comes up, and they speak English because there's no Russian translation for it. And that's what that's the problem that you have with all the languages. And gotcha. all God has said to me, and and is saying to everybody else is, "Come to me." I, 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 I. And for a lack of a better term, I dare you to dig deeper into my word with me and let me teach you and let me show you. But you've got to have a hunger for it. You've got to have the willingness to sit down and spend time with the Lord and let him teach you. And if you're not willing to do that, God is the one who judges you on that. Not me. I don't sit in judgment on any man. I don't condemn any man. If, 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 you, Tiger, or anyone else just wants to open up their Bible and wants to read it that way, they can read it that way. But what I've discovered by God and my relationship with him is that by spending the time and looking through the Hebrew and the Greek, there's words in Hebrew and Greek that don't match the English equivalent that was given in fullness. And so you can take the Hebrew, you can take the Greek, see the English word that's used, and your understanding is deepened so you understand in the context of the Scripture. It's, it, it's not a parallel Bible that's created. It's not an alternative word that's created. What it is, is God is tearing away the translation between the languages, and he's getting to the root of what he's saying. And he will do that with each and every person but they've got to want it, and they've got to want to spend the time to do it. Otherwise, okay, if you're content with just sitting there and reading the Word of God, okay, the way you do, you, what you get, what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. I don't think that God would make it so complicated that you it's have to do all of these things. It's It's not. It's not and, and, and he, to understand the word of God. You okay. have to, you have to, you have to do all these things. This, then, th that, that's where I, I separate from, from that way of thinking. I, it's just, what's the point then? What is the point? There are people who can't do that, Levi, because they don't have the mind. Okay. Is that, oh, those, wow. but those are part of the people that are wow. seated to go to hell okay. is, or, or I, I, you know, that, no, that, no, it, just, no. it, it blows that, my mind. No, no. It, it's incredible no. what you're saying to me. At least what what why then did the Lord Jesus Christ, OK, tell his disciples that unto you the keys of heaven are given and to know and to understand the parables, but to those who think themselves wise, it will not. But some people it, it, are uh, I mean, you're, 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 you're blazing over the fact that some people what well, but somebody can't read. 
if if somebody can't read, well, okay, if someone's not the, intelligent enough to do what you're asking them to do, I, but they can okay. read the Bible and understand it, but they're just not okay. their IQ just isn't there. Did, did I mean okay. I got now what telling me not complicated for those who prioritize? It's not about prioritizing. I'm talking about intellectual oh. acumen that God okay. put this this Bible is put in a way for everyone to understand. There is I, I'm just. There is no, according to my opinion, there is no hidden meaning. It wasn't meant to be something that was picked apart, diced apart, sliced apart, turned on its head, put in, put on someone's uh, what they think it means because they can. They've they've got they've translated it from three different languages. That is that that's taking the Bible and spinning it around and saying, you know, no, oh, it's not. It's out not what the scripture. Means. It's not. Let's it's, try to it's, oh, it's, well, it doesn't mean that not. it actually means this. You don't understand that Greek word or the Hebrew word or the Aramaic word. Well, then there's going to be a lot of people who are going to hell. They don't understand no, the Bible. Well, why should they read no, it? that's not well. Why should they read it if they got to do all that? Okay. Why would God why do, do that? Why, 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 he why loves did, us. Okay, yes, he does love us. Okay, he absolutely I'm does sorry, love us. I just, okay. it, it upsets no. me because not everybody's as smart as you, Levi, where they can. Or me, or someone else who, and I'm not okay. going to try. I'm not. Mm -hmm. To me, the Bible right. says what it says. I'm not trying let to decode me, it. Okay, decoder. Let let me that then let me answer that with scripture. Okay, from the book of Exodus. Okay, as it is written. It Exodus, scripture, yeah, no, because the scripture answers what your objection is. Because Moses said unto the Lord, "Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither there heretofore." Nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. And the Lord said unto them, Who hath made man's mouth, or who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. Moses himself said to God, okay, that he's not eloquent. He's not fancy. He's not, he's not devonair. He's not posh. Okay. Neither heretofore is meaning he, he he doesn't know how you've spoken to me, but I'm slow of speech. I stutter. I I, I have a slow tongue. I can't speak very fast. I, I how am I supposed to how am I supposed to do this for you with all of my uh, all of my problems? And God turned around and it's literally a, a loving rebuke when he says. Who has made God's who has made man's mouth, or who maketh the dumb, or the deaf, or the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Did God not turn around and make the donkey rebuke Balaam for whipping him hard with the because the donkey saw the angel of the Lord blocking his way, and Balaam couldn't because Balaam was a servant of the evil one? This is the whole point. That's what you get. Okay, so you get that. I, and I get it doesn't, what you're saying. It, 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 but it then doesn't God, God I, I gave Moses the Ten Commandments. Okay, if you want to try to, I, I don't like to try to dissect things, but it, he basically is saying, hey, I'm going to make this easy for you. That's what I get out of it. You get something totally different out of it. What I get out of it is, he says, hey, I'm going to make this easy for you. I'm not going to make you read this in, 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 in say, some language that you don't understand and try to translate it and okay. then get it. I'm not different interpretations. Do you see where there I'm are? Okay. There are, 
when I go through the scriptures and I read them, there are what I ask God to do is if there's a key word in the verse, okay, show that key word to me. Okay. And he does. Okay. And and those key words I look at. And so I'll look at the definitions of what those words are. And then I'll go back and I'll read the sentence according to the definition. And I'll see how it fits in context. And so I know the what the English says. I know what the Hebrew or the Greek says, depending upon where we are. And I have a deeper, more thorough understanding of what is being said. I'm not creating another word. I'm not creating another Bible. I'm not creating an undertone. What I'm doing is I'm looking at the Bible and I'm reading God's word and I'm letting the Holy Spirit guide me, okay, to a deeper understanding. Gotcha. And I this, understand what and you're saying. Okay. And I'm not and singling you out. No, I'm, no, I'm no, saying no, no, this no. way. I understand this that. line of thinking. We got to get, we got, Levi, listen, I want to thank you and you've done an excellent job. Excellent job. I hope you're not angry with me. I want to no, tell the people in the, all my I'm viewers, not, people who will watch this and who are watching this now, I'm not angry with Levi. I I love all of you because I am a Christian, okay? And and I try to act like a Christian. And I think these conversations need to be had. I wanted to understand Levi a little bit. I, I'm hoping Levi kind of got a little bit of an understanding where I'm coming from. Maybe not accepting. Sure we don't have sure to I accept do. each other's opinions. But we're we're understanding each other. This was a great conversation. I want to have you back, and I want to have you on with a guy named White Wolf, and a, and because this guy he he's very similar to you. I disagree with a lot, and he's a Catholic, and I disagree with a lot. But he delves into this stuff, and I would love to see you two guys wax philosophy here on the, on the okay. show. One a couple just a couple of things. Um, I know that Jason's in the chat. Okay. And he made a remark regarding the DNA. Jason, I just want to say to you, I am not equating human DNA and putting it onto God. What I'm saying is that the human DNA came from God. God's a spirit. Okay. The DNA of human beings was already in him. He thought it and he put it and he into action. Human DNA came from him. Okay? It's not that he is DNA. It's not that he has DNA, the Father, because the Father is a spirit. Okay? But the, the, the concept, the whole idea of DNA was already in him that when he created, just like he spoke and said, let there be light, let there be the sun and the moon and the stars. Let there be water, separate the water from the land and, and the firmament and all that, okay? He pulled the DNA of humans out of him from his creativeness and put it into the human being in the form that he put it in. He had Adam made up from his DNA, and then he put Adam's DNA again in the seed of the man. And he gave him Eve, and the and the the bone, the marrow of the bone, is what creates our DNA. DNA is in the bone. Okay, so you know, I'm not saying that I'm attributing human human form to God. No, I'm not. 
I'm saying that the human form came from within God because that was what was in his heart and he produced it. Okay. All right. Now, Levi, only... we got to get going, dude. I'm, I'm dying over here. I got definitely it's it, we're wow. And I, wow. I usually don't do this. This is how excellent everything was. And, and now what? Um, is, this isn't really a debate, brother. This is just two different ways of thinking. Um, and I, you know, I, yeah, I respect your opinion and, you know, um, I just, I have a different way of thinking than you guys do. That's, that, that's all there is to it. Um, and no big deal. Everybody is, is welcome to that, but I want to thank now what I want to thank hope and despair, which is step in 94, Karen Carpenter, Rhonda Tate, Vince Agnelli, Chris Graves. Who else do we got? Geese busters. We got Jason Barker, Risha M. Thank you guys for watching Levi. Hold on a second. Cause we're going to get out of here. I want to speak to you real quick after we get done. Make sure I didn't miss anybody. Guys, thank you so much for viewing. Um, thank you for being polite and cordial and, and giving yes, us thank your you opinion. For the, thank you. I also want to thank that everybody that's there in the chat for their, their comments. I was reading them as they came across the screen. And I, I, I want to, you know, look, you, you know, I just want to say they may not agree with, with everything that I've said. I, I understand. That's okay. I don't take offense. I'm not mad. I'm not angry at anybody here tonight. All I have is the love of Christ for everybody here. That's it. That's all I have. I do not judge. Great, I do dude. not condemn anyone. No, no I, this is great. That's, that's not my place to do. This is an excellent conversation. And remember, with the, it's very long in the tooth here. Time is your number. Everybody, come to Tiger Tales, freeworld.fm, Saturday night. It's not so serious. It's a little bit more uplifting. Well, no, this is uplifting, but I, I didn't mean that. What, what I mean to say is it's a different kind of format. So check out freeworld.fm. All our favorites are there. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, remember, time is your most valuable commodity. Try not to waste it. Cherish it. Spend it doing something you love with someone you love, improving yourself, or preferably all three of those things. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for viewing, and thank you, Brother Levi, for coming on. Until we meet again. Thank you. Your time is your most valuable commodity. Cherish it and use it wisely. Until we meet again. Oh! <laughs>